Hello, Timberwolves fans. Join the explosion. Show your true blue with Timberwolves Explosion. As we are ready to rock and roll here for episode number four. It is Tuesday, September the 23rd in the year of our Lord, 2008. And once again, we have a great show for you. Today will be the Central Division Preview in the Eastern Conference. So we're going to get through the Eastern Conference first and the, on to the West, of course, ending with the Wolves Division. Now, previous show was, of course, the Atlantic Division, and now that's been taken care of. Uh, now, first and foremost, this show finally, and I mean finally, is available on iTunes, as there were some problems with iTunes and such, and um, other issues, but uh, finally available, and I thank each and every one of you for downloading and listening to this show. So yes, if you have not subscribed to me on iTunes, go ahead and do that as well. iTunes listeners, check out thesportstuff.com, as that is where we are available. That is our main place to check us out. Thesportstuff.com, in the upper right-hand corner, there is a button that says TSS Boards. Do click on that, where you will be prompted to sign up for the message boards here on thesportstuff.com. It is 100% free and 100% fun, as you can interact with me and other members of thesportstuff.com. There are multiple podcasts. Of course, there are oh, over 200 members now of the show of the site, and uh, you can interact with them. Of course, the podcast section are where the Timberwolves explosion polls will take place. You will see the name of all the shows there, and of course, click on whichever show you prefer to talk about on the message boards. Now, with that, we still have no call in line. That is still pending. We will see how that goes. Otherwise, you can contact me on the message boards or at Yahoo, uh, Paladino Live at Yahoo.com, Paladino Live at Yahoo.com. Now, with that, we're going to take our first break and we're going to get right into the division preview. Here on the sportstuff.com, get on board the Viking ship with Purple Mafia. We will talk about the new Purple People Eaters and the best running back in the NFL, Adrian Peterson. This team is ready to make a move forward. Purple Mafia is available on the sportstuff.com along with iTunes and Mediafly. Simply download and listen to the most honest and passionate Vikings coverage. And we are back here on Timberwolves Explosion. The commercial you just heard was the podcast Purple Mafia. That is my Minnesota Vikings podcast. It is doing very, very well. Of course, last week the ratings took a hit because episode three of Timberwolves Explosion, for some reason, was uploaded on there. So just throwing that out there. <laughs> um, all right. Now that I got that uh, taken care of, we will now get into the Eastern Conference Central Division, and we are going to re- review, preview, mostly preview the teams in the order that they finished last season. Detroit, Cleveland, Indiana, Chicago, Milwaukee, that is the order. And now we start with the Detroit Pistons. Now they uh, did no major moves. There was lots of talk that the Detroit Pistons would quite possibly clean house or at least trade people like, I mean, Tayshaun Prince was on the block. Uh, Rashid Wallace was on the block. Chauncey Billups, there's even a possibility that he was on the block. But they're all still in Detroit. They are all there still. Um, 
Well, with that, Chauncey Billups had some problems in the postseason last year. From all indications are that he is healthy and ready to rock and roll. Chauncey Billups, the all-star point guard of the Detroit Pistons, who averaged 17 points and about seven assists last year, a player that I really am fond of very much. And Timberwolves fans, of course, missed out big time with him when he was here for two years and just bolted after he had an opt-out clause after his uh, second season. That was quite disappointing. But, uh, yeah, these Detroit Pistons are still intact. They finished 59-23 and 23 last season, of course, winning the Central Division. Um, there's uh, Kwame Brown is a member of this team now, which I'm not sure why, what the point is. But, uh, yeah, he was with the Memphis Grizzlies and the Lakers last year, a part of the uh, famous Paul Gasol trade when he went to the Grizzlies, of course, a free agent because he was uh, salary cap relief for Memphis. So not too bad there in that front. Uh, Kwame Brown, a member of the Pistons. At about four million a year, as on hoopshype.com, or you can check out salaries and uh, four million a year this year, and a player option next year for four point one million. Why the four million dollar figure? I'm not sure, but hey, you know what? It's better than the nine million he was making the previous year. So, so be it. That's how we stand there. Uh, Rashid Wallace is coming off the books at the end of the year, thirteen point six million this year. Billups is still inked for quite a while, so that's probably another reason why he wouldn't be traded. Uh, he signed up for about another four years. Uh, you have McDice for another two years at six point eight million. Tayshawn Prince, very expensive but very valuable. He signed for the next three years. Of course, starting next year is the first year of that dealy. Uh, Rodney Stuckey emerged nicely last season. I mean, at first I was like, who the heck is this guy when the Wolves, uh, when he starred against the Wolves last year, late in the season, a very depleted Pistons roster, still managed to beat the Wolves, which is embarrassing. Uh, his averages last year in the regular season, Stucky, that is, 7.7 points, 2.8 assists, but a significant, significant, uh, Increase in the playoffs when he had to replace uh, Chauncey Billups for a few games with that hamstring injury. Chauncey Billups, of course, never the same in the postseason, and the Pistons were defeated by the Boston Celtics. A lot of people thought the Pistons were the kind of team that could knock out the Celtics because they had the ring and uh, the Celtics had not. None of the players on the Celtics had playoff success. Pistons, of course, had with the Billups and crew. The Rip Hamilton, of course, is still around, which is good news for the Pistons, of course. Uh, he is signed through uh, the season after next. So two more years for him at about $10.5 a year. And Hamilton's never really been a major injury factor, thankfully for the Pistons, always consistent, but his numbers have declined the last three years. As uh, Two years ago, 20.1 or three years ago, 20.1 points a game, two years ago, 19.8, and the last year, 17.3. So a consistent drop, though the other numbers are all the same. The rebounds and assists have been pretty consistent. Uh, assist numbers up, actually, last season. But, yeah, his uh, games have declined somewhat, 80 games, 75 and 72, respectively. So a little bit of age creeping up on Rip Hamilton. He's about 30 years old, so so be it. But, yeah, as I said, this team very much intact still, being they were a very high uh, rank in the NBA. Not much to say in the rookie front other than Deron Washington and Walter Sharp. Deron Washington, a late, late pick in the second round from Virginia Tech. 
And uh, Walter Sharp acquired from the Oklahoma City Thunder. He was the second pick in the second round, so he has a chance to do something. Six foot nine forward from UAB. And now we are going to quickly move on to, well, no, real quick, I'm sorry, real quick. There's a couple more bits here. Rasheed Wallace, still a member of the team as well. As There was lots of talk about him getting traded in the offseason because just, you know, he's Rasheed Wallace. There's always problems. And, of course, he's aging. He's very expensive. As he is signed. He, I mean, is coming off the books. That's probably one of the main reasons to keep him around. So the Pistons hopefully are going to try to go a little bit younger as uh, – Rodney Stuckey's the only real young guy on this roster. Lindsey Hunter's ancient. He's still there. And uh, Rasheed Wallace, though, has always been healthy, at least the last several years he has. 80 games, 75 games, 77. So, yeah, not much of an injury factor with him either. The Pistons have been a pretty healthy team the last several years. That is why they have stayed good. But uh, to be honest with you, I'm not really sure if they're going to win the division this year. As I do believe the team I'm about to get into, the Cleveland Cavaliers, have made enough of an improvement in the offseason. And, of course, LeBron James is a year older and wiser. I think the Cleveland Cavaliers are going to win the Central Division this year. Now, that would take quite a jump, of course, as Cleveland Cavaliers only won 45 games last year, 45 and 37. So about a 14, yeah, 14 games behind the Detroit Pistons. But... I don't think the Pistons are going to win 59 games again. I just don't see it. Now, of course, the big trade with the Milwaukee Bucks and the Oklahoma City Thunder, now that we can call them that, yuck, terrible logo, terrible logo. We'll get more into them when it's uh, that division, our division. Oh, what a bad logo. But, yeah, Mo Williams. Mo Williams acquired from the Milwaukee Bucks and – Fantastic trade for the Cleveland Cavaliers. Didn't really have to give up all too much. A lot of the spare parts from that Ben Wallace trade last year are now gone. Uh, Wally Zerbiak still in Cleveland. Uh, Joe Smith is now a member of the Oklahoma City Thunder. I'm sure he's real excited. Uh, but, yeah, Mo Williams, what an addition. Is uh, This is a guy who could potentially be the number two star in Cleveland. As LeBron James did not really have that. Zadrina Silgoskis, a nice player. For the Cavaliers for many, many years now, since the mid-90s, early to mid-90s. But uh, just, I don't know, he, he needs another, he needs a talented guard, and they finally have that. I mean, Daniel Gibson is okay, but he's not that great. Delonte West is okay, but not that great. Mo Williams averaging 17 points and about six and a half assists a game last year. Uh, he's even a pretty good rebounder for a point guard. Only 6 for one by the way. Yeah, averaging three and a half rebounds. A game last year, two years ago, 4.8 rebounds a game. So this guy can get it done, absolutely. He can score with the best of them. An excellent three-point shooter, 38%. Look at his field goal percentage last season, 48%. That's a point guard, and he's shooting 48% from the floor. That is some good stuff. A career 85% free throw shooter. Just every year it's the same, 85, 85, 85. Wonderful. But health is a concern as Three years ago, he played 58 games, 68 games two years ago, and 66 last year. So never even getting 70 games played in either of the last three years. So definitely something to watch out for with Mel Williams. As if they're going to win this division, like I'm 
crazily predicting. I don't even know why I'm doing it, but I'm going to do it because I have to. <laughs> um, they're going to need Mo Williams to stay healthy, probably healthier than he's been. Now let's get into Big Z here. He's been a member of the Cavaliers for 11 years. He was the 20th pick in the first round in 96. <clears throat> a pretty good pick at, at 20th, by the way. That was that work has worked out nice for Cleveland. Of course, he had injury issues for many years, unfortunately. But always the consummate professional in Big Z, um, averaging about one and a half, almost two blocks a game actually for his career. About one and a half last year, 14 points. Nine rebounds, as that increased nicely. He actually averaged more rebounds a game last year than he had in a while. As that had been a weakness for the Cavaliers. Guys like Drew Gooden and such, just not the answer for big man in Cleveland. Elgoskis always has been, and he was more of, of that last year. Uh, health has been decent, 78 games, 78 and then 73 the last three years. So uh, not too bad, not too great, I guess, last year anyway. Missed a little more time than the previous years. Uh, Darnell Jackson from Kansas, now a member of the Cavaliers, but a late pick, of course, and he was acquired from the Miami Heat. That is the, there's one other rookie, sorry, on the roster, J.J. Hickson, first round pick, 19th overall by the Cavaliers, so a guy that they're looking, they're hoping, a big man, they're hoping can be a factor at six foot nine, two forty two, and uh, yeah, the Cavaliers need that because Joe Smith, not the greatest rebounder, but he's better than nothing. Uh, ben Wallace, though, of course, still a member of the Cavaliers, thankfully for them. But then again, he didn't perform all too great in the long run in the postseason. Uh, overall for the Cavaliers last year, averaged four points and about eight rebounds a game. Not too bad, not too great. That's about where that stands. Uh, numbers have declined greatly over the last three years. Say he's a fairly healthy individual, though, Ben Wallace, so we'll see what happens. We'll see how that goes. He is now 34 years old, or will be 34 on September 10th. Or Oh, wait, September 10th is past. Sorry, he is 34. <laughs> Getting way behind myself on that. Of course, Wally Zerbiak, a guy who's been oft injured through his career, and I mean big time, though he did manage to play a total of 75 games last year for Seattle and Cleveland, so finally a little bit healthier, uh, not Really, he's not he's not really a starter anymore, and that's too bad. So he was a nice player for the Timberwolves years ago, but yeah, only playing 32 games with Boston two years ago, and of course, as I said, 75 games the last two years. Um, injuries have taken a toll on this guy, and he is starting to drop off. As last year's total stats are about 11 and a half points, three rebounds a game. Wally just gonna be just gonna be a shooter off the bench, though I was not impressed with him at all in the postseason. I mean he missed a lot of open shots in the playoffs. I don't know what this I don't know what his deal is. It's it's too bad. He's a career forty percent three point shooter. A field goal his career field goal percentage fifty eight, just a fabulous shooter over his career. But the last couple of years not been looking too good. Numbers have declined significantly across the board for Wally. Eric Snow and Delonte West. Delonte West recently inked to a new deal with the Cleveland Cavaliers. He is sticking around, folks, as it is a new three-year deal, according to Hoops Hype. Uh, $3.8 million this year, $4.2 the next year, and $4.6 the following year. Three-year deal, oh, about $12 million or so, $13 million. Not too bad. Uh there's a lot of worse point guards that make more than him, so not a bad deal. Very savvy. 
Uh, Lorenzen Wright, a very low-end acquisition as well, $1.2 million this year, and he comes off the books. Uh, they have a very high payroll in Cleveland, $89 million this year. It drops to 71 next year. And huge drop-off two years from then, but that's where things stand right now. Maurice Williams has signed for a long time at about $8.5 million a year. He has one of those weird contracts that kind of go, it's kind of like a mountain. It goes up and then goes down. I don't see those very often at all. Uh, yeah, Ben Wallace, unfortunately, inked and signed for quite a while, or for two more years. 28 million in two years. That sucks. 28.5 million, that is. That sucks, but that's life. Eric Snow coming off the books this year, 7.3 million. Wally coming off the books this year at 13 million. So yeah, as I said, there's about, you know, a decent amount of money is coming off the books this year, but they'll still be well over the cap. But some of the players on this team are deserving of their money. Of course, LeBron James and Mo Williams definitely factors in that area. Other than that, that's pretty much it for the Cleveland Cavaliers. I do see them coming out and getting it done somehow, some way this year because I think that Mo Williams' acquisition makes the entire team better. They have nice role players in Daniel Gibson. And Anderson Varejo, who is always a factor, not a very popular guy. People hate him across the league. Uh, I know Kevin Garnett's gotten in it with him in the past. Palovich is a nice player as well, Sasha Palovich, of course. And uh, that's pretty much where things stand with this club. Of course, LeBron James could be the best overall player in the league. Uh, Kobe Bryant is looked on as the best player in the world, but LeBron could be the best overall because he, you know, he just fills it up. He does everything. So that's how things are going to stand with the Cavaliers as we are now going to slide into the team who finished third last year, and that would be the Indiana Pacers. The Indiana Pacers, Jermaine O'Neal, is finally gone. So good news there in terms of a guy who just, I mean, uh, pretty much world is welcome in Indiana. He was always a health concern the last couple of years. I mean, his numbers declined greatly. And now they have a nice point guard who, of course, had a tragic devastating, frightening neck injury a few years ago, but rebounded nicely last year with the Toronto Raptors, playing 51 games, averaging 12.1 points, 6.1 rebounds a game. Of course, lost his job during during the injury to Jose Calderon, so he was then looked on as possible trade bait to get Jermaine O'Deal. Oh, goody. Good luck with him, Toronto, as uh, the Indiana Pacers have a lot of nice guards on this team as they also acquire Jared Jack from Portland in the Jared Bayless trade. Now, Jared Bayless somehow, someway slipped to the Indiana Pacers in the draft. I mean, nobody could believe it. I certainly couldn't, and uh, he just, it's just, that's the way it goes. And uh, in turn, that is how... The Indiana Pacers were able to acquire other players like Jared Jack and Brandon Rush, of course the brother of Kareem Rush, the younger brother, a very nice guard coming into the league, a shooting guard, uh, taken 13th by Portland. So we're going to see how that goes as the uh, they have a nice backcourt potentially. Jamal Tinsley still sticking around in Indiana and uh, – the Pacers also are able to get Roy Hibbert from the Toronto Raptors in that uh, Toronto trade, the uh, Jermaine O'Neal trade. So they kind of sort of replace Jermaine O'Neal, hopefully. Uh, Roy Hibbert has been 
known to have weight problems and his effort has not always been there, but he's still a fairly young individual. The Queens, New York native is seven foot two, two seventy eight, a very, very large individual. Uh, there's a lot of debate on him. Some people really like him. Others think, yeah, he's an underachiever and he's just, he's not much to talk about. Not, not really anything exciting about him. Um, well, we'll see. We're going to find out soon. A lot of the guys that were a part of that big Golden State trade a few years ago still around. Mike Dunleavy, Troy Murphy. So those guys still sticking around. Uh, Rosho Nesterovich also acquired in that Toronto trade. Rosho Nesterovich. Yay. <laughs> the infamous Timberwolves center of the past, thank God. Um, averaged about eight points and five rebounds a game last year, so not horrible. His numbers increased a little bit last season, but at 32 years old, I can't imagine too much out of him. That would excite anybody. I'd rather see Roy Hibbert than Rasha Nesterovich, but, eh, you know, I guess they like him somehow. They like him a little bit anyway. Um Oh, goody. Uh, of course, the best player on the team, Danny Granger. This is a guy I just absolutely love. And, man, I wish the Wolves could have wound up with him instead of Rashad McCants, as they could have. The Wolves have the pick, 14th. Danny Granger slides to 17th to the Pacers. I mean, I wanted Danny, Danny Granger that year, and, well, too little too late. He's a member of the Pacers. 19 points a game, 6 rebounds, just a f- fabulous player who's just got it. He's got it made all over the, across the board. Every, uh, 30, 48, 40% from three-point range last year, about 45% field goal percentage. He gets to the free throw line and makes his free throws 85% last year. Just a wonderful player who's still growing and improving. So the Pacers, though, I'm not really sure if they're going to make the playoffs, but they have a lot of nice young talent on this team that could get them there. So we shall see indeed. As now it is time to slide to the team that finished fourth last year, the team that none of us could believe. I I mean, I can't believe they slid as far as they did. 33-49, and the Chicago Bulls, yet they still were in the playoff hunt last year, unbelievably. I mean, (laughs) I don't know how they were. But they were for a while because the Eastern Conference is so bad. As, of course, the 37-win Atlanta Hawks made the playoffs, and we know what they did to Boston. They almost beat them, but they didn't, and that's what matters most. Now, anyhow, I'm kind of sliding off here. Chicago Bulls still have Ben Gordon, as there have been rumors all over the place of possible trade. Still have Kirk Heinrich, despite the fact the Bulls got the number one overall pick in the draft. A very fortunate bounce of the balls as the Bulls are supposed to get the ninth pick and possibly wind up with oh, Brooke Lopez or something. You know, that's probably what most people would have expected to go along with Joakim Noah. But they wound up with Derrick Rose. Derrick Rose, the guy I was pining for constantly, just praying to God the Bulls would somehow get the number one pick and wind up with him. Yeah, Derrick Rose is a Chicago Bull despite the fact the Bulls have Kirk Heinrich. Um, that's going to make things very interesting indeed. A lot of people shocked that the Bulls did not trade Kirk Heinrich or Ben Gordon. So you got a couple of lineup issues in that backcourt. Kirk Heinrich had a very down year last year, but he really stepped it up later in the season, mainly probably to save face, I'd say. But, yeah, he dropping from 16 points, 6 assists a game two years ago to 11.5 and 6 assists, ah, 
I don't know what happened. His field goal percentage dropped about four points. Three-point percentage dropped 7%. That is horrible. Still made his free throws 83%. That's great. But Kirk Heinrich, uh, you know, I, I'm hard to say. I mean, hard to know what to expect from him next year. Though, uh, sense would say that he's going to step it up and be better this year. He's going to have to because Derrick Rose is going to be a big-time player for the Chicago Bulls. The, of course, the star of Memphis in the Final Four last season. Phenomenal run for him, though that came short in the end when they lost to Kansas. Uh, Tyrus Thomas, still a member of the Chicago Bulls, of course. Some people would like the Wolves to get him, but, uh, you know, he's going to stay in Chicago for now. A very athletic guy, but a lot of people would say he's underachieved greatly. Fourth overall pick by the Bulls has only averaged about seven points and four and a half rebounds a game. And one block a game, though. He's had some games where he'll go out there and block five or six shots because of his athleticism. Uh, Drew Gooden and Larry Hughes acquired from Cleveland in that icky, yucky Ben Wallace trade. <laughs> um, Bulls fans thrilled that Ben Wallace is gone, and I don't blame him. Larry Hughes played pretty well in Chicago. Nothing overwhelmingly great, though. Averaged about 29 minutes a game, 12 points, three rebounds, three assists. Uh, one and a half steals, kind of exact same numbers he had in Cleveland, really. Not much of a difference. Uh, very poor shooter, 38%. Okay, three-point shooter at 35, but, mm, I don't know. Not much of an improvement. It's not like a change of scenery really helped Larry Hughes. Uh, he's probably not gonna start in Chicago. I can't imagine he would with all these guards in Chicago, so. That's how things go there. Joe Kim Noah, a guy a lot of Wolves fans wish the Wolves took instead of Corey Brewer, and I don't blame him. Um, numbers would not indicate how good this guy is. Six and a, six and a half points, five and a half rebounds, about a block a game. But uh, this guy, a very aggressive inside force, who's got more talent than people give him credit, and uh, I expect a solid increase from him this coming season. I'm sure many others do as well. Drew Gooden, don't like him, think he's a weak player. Though his numbers in Chicago significantly better than in Cleveland. He averaged about 14 points, 9.5 rebounds a game last year. And, he, and his, his blocks went from about half a block a game to 1, 1.3. Of course, there was only 18 games, but everything improved for Drew Gooden in Chicago. So we'll see. We'll see if that lasts. I'm not all too optimistic about that. Lou Aldang, a very valuable individual. Still in Chicago, thankfully. Uh, 63 games played last year. He missed a little bit of time after a very healthy start to his career. 17 points, six and a half rebounds a game. Just this guy can get it done. All cylinders of the game. This, you want this guy in there all the time. And I don't blame anybody for that. Andres Nocioni. Very solid piece. Uh, a lot of people love him in Chicago. 13 points, 4 rebounds a game. Very valuable guy. Um, uh, he, he doesn't really stand out in any area, but he's a nice, solid professional. Kind of like he's like the Ryan Gomes of the Chicago Bulls. Uh, he's a steady guy that you want around on your team. He's a veteran. About He's going to be about 29 here pretty quick. So there's your Chicago Bulls. I see them. Improving this year, I mean, how could they not? I just don't understand what happened to them last year, and I'm sure Brian Cush didn't either. If you listen to his shows, he was pretty irate last year, and I don't blame him at all. The salary situation in Chicago 
improve significantly after this year. Oh, they're about 63 million right now as their cap. It'll be 48 next year. Lots of team options with Tyrus Thomas, Joachim Noah, uh, Safalasla, and Cedric Simmons. I can't say his name. <laughs> Safalasha. There we go. Sorry. Of course, Ben Gordon coming off the books this year as well. Drew Gooden coming off the books. So there's going to have to be some decisions made, possible trades. Uh, Heinrich is signed for the next four years. Hughes, very expensive, $12.8 million, $13.6 next year, but then he's off the books by 2010. Um, the Bulls definitely are going to be factors in the uh, free agent market two years from now. There's no doubt about it, as will the Wolves. The only – there's uh, Andres Nocioni signed for the next four years. The fifth year is a team option uh Blue Wall Dang is inked for the next six years. So the Bulls just getting that done recently. Good job by them. you got to keep that guy around, and they did. Kirk Heinrich has a declining contract over four years. Those are rare, $10 million, 9.5, million, 9800000 So we'll see. I mean, that can make him slightly more tradable because at least the salary doesn't go up, unfortunately. Yeah, long-term contract, not always the most exciting thing for anybody. And Derek Rose, man, is this qualifying offer high in 2013, 2012. I mean, $9 million, and that's a rookie contract. Holy moly. I guess that's the, that's the pleasures of being a number one overall pick. Yeah, got to love that. And now it's time to switch over to the northern neighbor of Chicago, Milwaukee, the team that finished last place last season in the central division of the Eastern Conference. And uh, they were 26-56 and 56 last year. Well, they closed the season against the Timberwolves last year, and they will open the preseason against the Timberwolves this year on October 6th. So that's cool stuff. So that's a little bit of Wolves talk right there, kind of, sort of. But uh, now very quickly, as this show is running a little bit long because there's, you know, a lot to talk about. These are division previews. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, Joe Alexander is the exciting rookie there from West Virginia. A lot of people here in Minnesota liked him, but he was not the pick, and uh, that's cool. We're very happy with Kevin Love. Would have probably been happier with Mayo, but we'll see. Uh, not the most exciting lineup in the world in Milwaukee, as you can understand, though. They did make a trade with the New Jersey Nets and, and in turn, re- acquiring Richard Jefferson, a very talented guy, obviously. And uh, i got to think he's the best player on this team. I mean, you got to – well, it's either him or Michael Redd. So they form a nice little duo there. At least they have more uh, top power or they have more star power in Milwaukee. As Richard Jefferson played all 82 games last year, he was kind of a health concern in the past. He averaged about 23 points a game. You know, we all know what he can do. And, uh, yeah, teams up with Michael Redd, as mentioned. Michael Redd still with the Bucks, never got traded. Um, 22 points a game last year, though, a serious decline from about 27 the year before. Still the valuable shooter, kind of a Ray Allen type of player, but in some ways quite possibly better. Andrew Bogut, the number one overall pick a few years ago by the Milwaukee Bucks, continuing to improve each year, but, you know, he's not a star. He's just not. But his numbers were a lot better last year, 14.5 points, 1.7 blocks, 9.8 rebounds. So good news on that front, at least, that he continues to grow and improve. Uh, lots of strange players in this team, like Damon Jones, Tyron Liu. Charlie Bell's been around for a while. Malik Allen is now on the Bucks. Uh, Michael Ruffin, he's a, he, all he does is rebound, pretty much. He used to be a member of the Bulls and the Wizards. Nothing too exciting. Charlie Villanueva 
a member of the Bucks now as well after the TJ Ford trade a while back. Um, not really. It's really hard to say what's going to happen to these Bucks. I mean, I got to think they're going to improve. I got to think they're going to improve after that nice trade, getting rid of Ejen Lynn, who did not want to be there, and acquiring Richard Jefferson. That was a great trade by the Milwaukee Bucks. They get a two thumbs up. Oh, and Luke Ridnar is also a member of the Bucks. I forgot about that. Um, yeah, there's a lot of strange names on this team. Luke Ridnar's numbers dropped significantly last year. Uh, we're just going to have to see what happens there. So that's pretty much going to be it for the division preview, the Central Division preview uh, overall. My opinions on how this division will finish, I'm going to go with Cleveland first, Detroit second, Chicago third, Indiana fourth, and Milwaukee fifth. So pretty similar. Uh, I think the Bulls move up a little bit, and the Cleveland Cavaliers move up, despite the fact that Detroit's still Detroit. So we're just going to – I just think age is going to catch up with Detroit a little bit, and uh, – that Maurice Williams move for Cleveland is going to be too much for the Pistons to handle. I could be dead wrong, and you could make fun of me all you want on the message boards since there's no call-in line. Ha, 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 ha. No. But with that, I'm going to call it a break here really quick, and we'll be right back for the latest poll results and a little teeny bit of Wolves news as well. Here on the thesportstuff.com, we're toughing up. On Brave the Wild with Paladino. Join me, Paladino, as we brave the Minnesota Wild Hockey Club on our way to the playoffs. We're available on the sportstuff.com and iTunes. The boogeyman, Derek Bugard, says you better listen or he just might drop the gloves. Call up your courage and brave the wild with your buddy, Paladino Joey. And we are back here on Timberwolves Explosion, episode number four, as you know. Now, real quick, the episode or the commercial you just heard was Brave the Wild. That is my Minnesota Wild NHL podcast. Uh, training camp is ongoing. I'll be making a new show soon, but do check it out as I talked wild. Talk wild on that show. Do check it out. iTunes and thesportstuff.com. Brave the Wild with Paladino. But anyhow... It is time to get into some Wolves news. Now, Al Jefferson sprained his knee very recently. Oh, was it late last week? As, yeah, he banged into a teammate, unfortunately, and sprained his MCL. So, thankfully, it was just very mild sprain after the MRI. And he's told he's only, or the week I say, he's only going to miss, oh, about two to three weeks. So, things will be all right. As I say, team doctors have told him he will be back well ahead of the October 29th opening in Sacramento. Thank God. Quote here from Fred Hoiberg. It's always a concern when your best player goes down clutching his knee like he did. Hoiberg said Thursday at a gathering that marked the 20th anniversary of Wolves basketball in Minnesota. He'll miss two weeks and we'll be careful with it and make sure he's 100% before he starts going again. But thank God that things are okay. Uh, Al Jefferson had injury issues in his past, but last year he played all 82 games and uh, was snubbed from the All-Star game despite averaging 21 points, 12 rebounds. So, yeah, we've gotten into that already. Um, 
but unfortunately, that's it for Wolves news. Uh, still no news about Sean Livingston. He has not chosen a team yet. I sure hope he comes here because I think he'd make a really nice third point guard for the Wolves. A, uh, you know, Randy, Randy Foy and Sebastian Telfair have had injury problems the last couple of years. Sean Livingston, who knows, could be a nice sleeper, still very young, very talented coming into the draft the year he did with the Clippers. And, of course, was taken very high. Now with that, you're going to get into the polls from the previous week, or previous show, but I guess it was last week this time. A lot of responses on this question, especially in the comment area anyway. The question is, who needs to step it up the most com- this coming season? Uh, Randy Foy, Corey Brewer, Craig Smith, Rashad McCants, or Sebastian Telfair? Uh, Randy Foy collecting 80% of the votes, including mine. Corey Brewer, 20%. So, there you go. I agree 100%. Randy Foy is the guy that needs to step up. Uh, Rusty, oh, he says, I'm actually going to say Corey Brewer. So, he was in the 20%. He looked disappointing last season, aside from flashes of excellence on D. I agree, Rusty, 100%. Red Sten, going with Foy here. Guys, or the guys really got to become... A consistent starter. He's got a Wade-like game, but with the ability to knock down threes and probably just not as good all around in rebounding and passing. But the last month of the season just got done, just gone by. He was putting up good numbers, and I think this season he can make a lot of noise. Brewer is the wild card of someone who will step up if he can add some muscle and get above 200 pounds, plus develop his offensive skills and add to his defensive game. That is a very good quote. Red Sten, always like hearing from you on here. Very good takes. I agree with you, man, all the way. Rusty responds, why would he need rebounding ability? The guy's a combo guard and a relatively undersized one at that. He's talking about Foy. Uh, I wouldn't really compare him to Wade at all. D-Wade is one of the most explosive athletes in the league with amazing inside scoring ability. Foy lives off his mid-range jumper. Not a bad response, Rusty. You know, as a... Foy could be like a Wade. I mean, he was compared to Wade coming into the draft, but, of course, so far, nah. Nope. Long way to go. So now those two pretty much go at it about Foy for a little while. Uh, Q Dizzle, Wade's, <laughs> Wade's vertical is between 36 and 39 inches, while Foy's is only 32. Interesting. That makes sense. Uh, rusty. Poof. 39 German inches equals 40 regular inches. And then he's like, hmm, interesting. So pretty much a lot of discussion between these guys about Foy after that. Um, interesting thoughts, definitely, on that. Uh, I would pretty much, well, Foy's got some Wade-like talent, but he's not at Wade's talent overall, in my opinion. Uh, so that's why he needs to step it up. <laughs> so now the newest question real quick. Who wins the Central Division in the Eastern Conference? Cleveland, Detroit, Chicago, Indiana, Milwaukee. Well, of course, as you heard, I went with Cleveland. It is now up to you to get on and vote on these message boards. Don't be afraid to comment, as most of them will be read on air, unless it's just kind of a discussion between two guys for a while. Um, I mean, that's cool. I'll get into some of it if there's major stuff to talk about. But otherwise, I would love to hear from you on thesportstuff.com. As I said, do sign up. It's 100% free and 100% fun. With that, we're going to call it a show, and we will get into 
the Southeast Division in the next show, episode number five, the Southeast Division with Orlando, Washington, Atlanta, Charlotte, and Miami. And uh, we will discuss that division next. And I want to wish all of you a good week or so until the next show. Hopefully Sean Livingston will sign and Al Jarrison is going to be ready to rock and roll. Training camp starts a week from today. Very exciting. I can't wait to start getting into that as well. With that, we're going to call it a show, and we will talk to you very soon. Take care. Take care.